This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. High blood pressure, low blood pressure. We do know that both are not good for us. High blood pressure increases the risk of heart attack and stroke. But low blood pressure can also be a problem, leading to dizziness, fainting, and falls. Fightback's resident, Dr. Zach Levine, joins us on the line. Good afternoon, Zach. Hi. So, doctor, the basics. Let's talk, first of all, what is blood pressure and how is it measured? So blood pressure is the force, basically, with which the blood is flowing through our arteries. And uh, it is determined by a number of factors, one of which is how hard the heart is beating, one of which is our arteries. So as our arteries get older in life, they tend to get a little bit stiffer. And that means that blood pressure tends to go up in general uh, throughout the lifespan. However, uh, as you mentioned, in some people it actually does the opposite, especially at the extremes of age. People can suffer from low blood pressure. And one of the things, and, and what you mentioned is exactly right. So basically, high blood pressure uh, is the thing that most people are aware of being a problem. And some people actually have machines at home to measure and check their blood pressure to see what it's like. And that is, that is something that, that millions of people do suffer from. And they call it a silent killer because you don't feel it. You can feel absolutely fine and still have very high blood pressure. And that one is associated with increased risk of stroke and heart attack and and vascular disease. So it's also associated with things uh, like if you're not getting enough blood supply to your extremities, uh, like your legs or whatnot, that can cause you pain. And eventually people can actually end up needing amputations if they're not getting enough blood supply to their feet, for example, or they get a serious infection. And low blood pressure is associated with yeah, lightheadedness, dizziness, and sometimes people actually pass out. And many of us get this if we get up quickly. You know, we're lying down and we have lowish blood pressure. We might get up very quickly and feel a little bit lightheaded. But in the extreme cases, people actually pass out, and it can be quite dangerous. They can, they can hit their head. They can break a bone. So there this you go. Is, this is true. But in terms of what is a more healthy state to be in, having low blood pressure or even blood pressure that's on the too low side is better than having high blood pressure. Yeah, you know, I mean, as a, uh, so, so yeah, in general, you want something that's uh, towards the low side if that's your, if that's your norm. Uh, Emerge docs always tend to worry more about the low blood pressure because those are the people usually with the very, very serious infections or that have been bleeding a lot and who might be, who, whose lives might be in danger. But in terms of walking around, if you, so I, I should say what, uh, you know, what's normal blood pressure. In general, what you want is your blood pressure. There's two numbers. There's the number, the systolic and the diastolic. The right. systolic is when your heart is contracting, so that's the upper number. And when your heart is rela- relaxing, that's the lower number, the diastolic. And what we want is for the, the top number to be 140 or less, and some people say even 130 or less, and the bottom number, the diastolic, to be 90 or less. And higher than that is considered high blood pressure, and then you have to consider what, how to bring that number down. And then low blood pressure basically is if your systolic, the upper number, is lower than about 100, uh, then, you start, then, then uh, that tends to be on the low side. And the, and the lower number can actually drop 
quite low before people have uh, symptoms, like we're talking about uh, 40, 50 or 40, that sort of thing. You're listening to Zuma Radio's Fight Back with Libby Snymer. I'm Jane Brown, filling in for Libby until the end of the week, 12.36 here on Zuma Radio. And the callers are lining up to talk to you, Dr. Zach. So we'll get to John and Mississauga. Go ahead, John. Hi. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I want to ask Dr. Zach, please, because uh, I've been checking my blood pressure recently. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, I'm not happy with it. Um, I told Dr. Zach what my reading are in the last four times. Sure. Um, one of them on April 5th was 154.78.66. Okay. On the 6th was 140.79.76. Yep. On the seventh was one thirty five seventy three, which was excellent. Yep. <laughs> and the yesterday was one forty seven eighty six seventy seven. Uh huh. Um, so it seems like it. And then I have a chart, Doctor Zach. You know, with with all the red colors and green colors and so on. Yeah. And if I may say so, I'm taking uh, amlodipine, uh, five milligrams. What's it, sorry, what, what's the name you said? It's, uh, uh, it says here, CO, I don't know. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Amlodipine? Yep, good. Is it amlodipine or amlodipine? Uh, amlodipine, but that's fine. That's fine, okay. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, uh, doctors, uh, and it's 5-5. And it's five, five. Yeah. Um, to, to, to be honest with you, I'm, uh, I'm in, uh, <laughs> I'll put it this way. I'm in the mid-70s. Um, yep. I work out three times a week. Yep, good. And and so I exercise sort of regularly, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Actually, probably do two and a half hours, uh, you know, every time I go. Wow, um, I'm very active. Yeah. Eat healthy. So um, I want your opinion if uh, there's anything sort of that I should be alarmed off. Okay. Well, John, that was a that was a great story, actually. You gave me a lot of information, uh-huh. and that, that's one of the things that's very helpful. So, so number one, in terms of those readings, like, as you know, uh, a few of them are a bit higher than, the, than you want to be. I mean, especially the, the first one and the last one, the 154 over 78 and the 147 yeah. over 86 are both higher than you want to be. And the 140 over 79, the second one, is, a, is borderline. Your heart rate is good, by the way. The, the last number, uh, which is your heart rate, is good. So yes. that's, uh, we don't even need to talk about that. Uh, so those are, those are on the high end. And so, you know, if, the, if those end up being your, your average, then you do want to do something to bring it down somewhat. Now, it does sound like you're doing what you need to be doing uh, in terms of physical activity mm-hmm. to bring your blood pressure down. And, that, you know, that's the first thing that we always say is, you know, get more active, lose the weight, eat better. But once mm-hmm. you're doing all those things, you know, there are some people who just do everything right. And, you know, I'm not a, a pill pusher, but once you're doing everything right, if your blood pressure is still higher than you want it to be, then, then medications are the way to go. I mean, you're, you're on the one medication, the amlodipine, which is quite an effective medication. You're on five. You, it, it can be prescribed. As, it goes up to 10. So some people do take 10 milligrams instead of five if the five isn't that's doing my, it. That's, um, if I may interrupt you, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's yeah. my second question. So, I mean, I, oh, sure, I, I should ask my doctor, but yeah. I, want, I was wondering whether I should increase it to 10 a day, right? I take yeah. it at night, by the way. Okay. Um, and I take, I, take a lot of, I take a lot of vitamin D. I take, you know, uh, COQ10, you know, and, and, and so, you know what I mean? In other words, I'll take other stuff. And, Dr. And Zach, it's, a lot of veggies. it sounds yeah. like, Dr. Zach, that John is extremely healthy, and yeah. he, he may just be one of these people who is genetically predisposed to high blood pressure because by the sounds of everything, mm-hmm. he's leaving, leading the perfectly healthy Zoomer lifestyle that you want to see out of somebody who's 75. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, up to the even to the vitamin D, you know, that's a recommended uh, vitamin that should be adding. So, sounds like he's doing everything right. It sounds like you might need a bit of a tweak. And you know, don't don't worry about it. Some people just need a bit of medication. And in fact, some people, I'm sure there's some people listening. Some people need to be on five different medications to keep their blood pressure under control. It's it's unfortunate, but it's just true. Whereas in your case, you're on one. Maybe the dose could be increased a bit. Mm-hmm. I agree absolutely. Talk to your doctor. Decide with him or her if that's what's best for you. But uh-huh. you're definitely doing everything that you need to do and you can do to keep mm-hmm. it under control. John, thank you for calling in. That's thank a very much. Gr- great Bye-bye. example of healthy living for all of us Zoomers. We'll keep uh, going here with your phone calls, 416-360-0740, Our resident fight-back doctor on the line, Dr. Zach Levine. He's here until 1 o'clock taking your questions on blood pressure. That's coming up next. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Is your blood pressure in the healthy range? We've got our resident doctor on the line, Dr. Zach Levine. Uh, Dr. Zach will go right away to the callers. Alma from Kitchener, you have a question for our doctor. Yeah. Hi. How are you, everybody? Everybody's Hi. good. Thanks. Oh, good. Doctor, I'm 68, and I'm doing very well. I'm 115, my weight, and yeah. I'm very healthy, very active. Everything is around. But how come I get uh, high, uh, pressure in my left eye? In your left eye? Yeah. So, this, Alma, this is pressure that you can feel? No, I, I, I can't feel, or I don't know nothing, but when I check, because of the cataracts I had, I yeah. checked with my doctor. He said you have to do uh, what... Uh, what do you say? Laser for okay. your left eye because of the pressure. Is okay, it necessary? So is it, sorry? Is it necessary? Well, if you have high pressure in the eye, does he call it glaucoma, Elma? Yeah, that's what he is saying. Yeah, exactly. So, and it's not, unfortunately, this is one of those things that, uh, that there's not really much you can do about it. Like you say, it sounds like you're in great shape, you're active, you do everything you... You're I grow right. my food, I eat from my garden, no medication, nothing, no tetanol, nothing, nothing whatsoever. <laughs> Dr. Zach, we've got some healthy listeners out there. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. So unfortunately, yeah, the, the pressure in the eye, sometimes people feel it, sometimes they don't. It's called glaucoma. Where would it come from? It, well, it comes from, you know, we all have fluid-filled eyes. It's just the nature of the eye. They're kind of like grapes in the sense that they have this jelly slash fluid in them. Mm-hmm. And there's a normal pressure. And what happens is you have an inflow tract, so the, the fluid is coming in, and you have a, an outflow tract, so it should be, it should be uh, flowing out as normal. But in some people's eyes, the angle, the outflow tract, the kind of out valve, mm-hmm. is too narrow, and so the fluid doesn't get out as it should, and so the pressure can increase. And if it increases enough, it can, cause, it can actually cause is terrible it pain if it happens acutely, and it can also affect the vision. And so, unfortunately, a lot of people uh, can treat it with drops, but in some I cases... I see 20-20. Yeah, in some cases it it uh, it does need the laser surgery just to open up the open up the opening by which the fluid yeah, he can wants flow to out. Yeah, rent out the layer this vent. Yeah. Yeah, is it okay? Sorry, I didn't hear the last part. Yeah, he wants to drain out the fluid, right? Yeah, exactly, to, exactly. In order to control the pressure. Right, exactly. So is I it think, okay to do it? Yeah, I, I think you probably have to. You know, obviously, I don't I don't know these specifics, but if you're being told that you need to do that. Uh, it will take half an hour. You say it won't even take long. Well, it's it's always better to get a second opinion. So, I mean, it sounds like you're reaffirming what Alma's doctor's telling her. 
in general, glaucoma, you can't, it's nothing to, to sneeze at, as it were. You, you really need to get it treated. And yes, I mean, they're so, uh, it's quite amazing now what they can do with eyes just with the laser, relatively painless, and they can, they can cure these things quite quickly. So uh, I'm certainly not in a position to argue with that, that's for sure. <laughs> we are talking about blood pressure today, but any medical-related questions are uh, in the offing if you have a question for Dr. Zach. Dan, in Toronto, go ahead. You're next on Fight Back. Hello? Yes, hi. Go ahead with oh, your hi. question. Uh, yeah, a few years ago, I was uh, in the hospital for about nine hours. My uh, blood pressure was about 250 over 190. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it took him about nine hours to get it down to 160 or over 95, I guess. Yeah. I'm on uh, <clears throat> amlodipine and bisoprolol. Yep. Uh, first one was 10 and second five milligrams. Yep. Um, is there, uh, I'm about 290 mm-hmm. pounds. Uh, I guess I'm trying to lose weight and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, with with these medicines, I'm um, I'm pretty well regulating it. I'm just wondering, I hear... There's a lot of benefits if you have like red wine or whatever. But if I have, if I drink red wine or beer or alcohol, it raises my blood pressure. What, uh, what relation yeah. does blood uh, wine and blood pressure have? Yeah, it's a good question. So, um, yeah, you're right. There is some evidence, um, and and of course, it got a lot of media play because we all like the idea when something like uh, wine or beer or something we enjoy doing is actually good for us when mm-hmm. it gets a lot of media play. It's not a, it's not a huge effect. Like, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't recommend to people to start drinking uh, for the sake of their hearts. Um, but there is some benefit, especially the, the best studies were with red wine and moder- moderately, like I'm talking like a glass a day, anything. And more than that is okay, but anything like uh, once you're having more than three or more, it's actually doing more harm than good. Okay. And like you're saying, in, especially in some people, we're all we're all a little bit different. And as you may know, some people having uh, salt increases their blood pressure quite a bit. Similarly, uh, alcohol in some people can cause a uh, usually transient, so I mean just temporary, but an increase in the blood pressure. So if you're if you know if you're a moderate uh, drinker, and I'm talking again, like you know if you have a you know a glass a glass of red wine in the evening, that's fine. I wouldn't I wouldn't stop it, and it's probably good for you unless. Unless in your case, uh, if you find that the blood pressure is just going through the roof with it, well, then it's not. It's definitely not worth it. But well, uh, in general, you know, across one. the board, it definitely it can be somewhat helpful to decrease your risk for heart disease and and a heart attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All is, right. Is that good? Thank you, Dan. Uh, thank Thanks you for much. your call. Have a Bye. good day. Jack in Toronto, you're next on Fight Back. Doctor Zach's on the line, taking your calls. Go ahead. Yes, I'm sorry. I know it's a blood pressure day, but uh, uh, Doctor Zach. I- I'm just curious. Uh, for a number of years, I've been getting a bo- uh, like a bolt of lightning pain in the back top corner of my head when hmm. I turn my head to the right. Oh. Um, Does that happen every know. time you turn your head, Jack, or just occasionally? No, no, not every time. It happens about two or three times a year. Oh, okay. Hmm. And it, I, I've I've tried to figure out the common denominators, um, weather, uh, eating habits, or whatever else. Uh, and I'm just wondering if it's something I should be overly concerned about or, or what, because I've had a couple of doctors sort of <clears throat> brush me off Yeah. because it, do- it doesn't happen that often Yeah. or often enough. Should Jack be insistent maybe to see a specialist or should he have an MRI or is that going over overboard? 
Well, it's good. Thanks, Jack, for the question. It's a very good question. And actually, it's not, uh, it's not too unusual. I actually have seen a fair number of people who have had that. And, uh, and the most common cause, although there can be multiple, is, is something of a pinched nerve in the neck that gets twigged, twinged, that's I, I, <laughs> not a great word, but whatever, uh, when, when you turn in a certain direction. And so probably the doctors, you know, if it's only happening once in a while and there's no uh, effects afterwards, and it's not increasing and it's not worsening, then, then I can't understand. And, and also the doctors, uh, when they examine you, they don't find any signs of any neurological abnormalities because if you're getting, you, you, do, you should get examined by a doctor and they can actually give you more information, obviously, than me over the phone. But so generally the reasons why I, I would be more concerned are if, it's, if you're getting it more frequently, if it's getting more severe, if it's, if it's associated with any... Uh, persistent neurological deficit, and by that I mean any kind of weakness or numbness uh, in, in the body, you know, especially in the head or, or in the arms, especially on one side of the body. Those are all concerning for that a nerve, either either a peripheral nerve or a central nerve, like in the in the brain, is getting uh, affected, and that that needs to be worked up urgently. And if and so the the workup would be if you're getting in the neck is some kind of imaging study something mm -hmm. usually the an MRI is the best but usually that's harder to get often we'll start with a CAT scan um, but so so what I think most likely this is related to a nerve that gets kind of dinged when you when you turn the neck if it's been going on for a long time there are some people who've had it for like their whole lives nothing ever happens from it they're fine uh, and that's not worrisome but if you find it's progressing it's getting worse it's getting more severe it's causing any uh, other signs, neurological problems, then then definitely get it checked out again, and then further testing can be done. And and that leads me to another question: When do you when do you push beyond? If your doctor's pushing back and saying there's no issue here, and yeah. you feel in your head and your heart that something's wrong, is it just a matter of going for a second opinion, or is it pushing your doc, who say you've had for twenty or thirty years, to get you in to see a specialist? How hard do you push? Well, it's a great question, Jane, and, and it's something that we, we've talked about a lot over the years uh, because, because sometimes, you know, I mean, oftentimes people are worried and, and doctors spend a lot of time reassuring people. On the other hand, you know, there's a lot of people who never go to the doctor unless something is really, really serious. And sometimes, you know, we all know sometimes the patient is right and the doctor is, is not right. And, and so if you really, if you feel very strongly uh, that something is not right, and um, the, then those are exactly your two options. Number one is trying to express to your doctor that, you know, the reasons why you're really concerned about it, and that you you're not uh, you're not comfortable just saying it's nothing, and uh, and then you have the discussion. If the doctor really feels strongly that you don't need something else, then let them explain to you why exactly they feel that you don't need further testing. And then, but you definitely have the right to a second opinion. You know, as though uh, doctors are human, we make mistakes, and. Uh, and sometimes we're not sure. Now, ideally, a doctor should refer you on if they're not sure, like all by themselves. But if you're not, if you're not, uh, you know, comfortable in what's going on with your doctor, then you can either tell them, you know, it's nice to be above board if you can be, and say, listen, I, I'd really like to get a second opinion on this. I'm just not comfortable. Uh, or if you if you have to and you're not comfortable, then you can, you know, just on your own go to a second doctor. But you know, you have to be able to sleep at night. Just like uh, we all have to be able to sleep at night and not be too worried that uh, we have something terrible going on. And so uh, the doctor should be responsive to that. You know, I, ideally, obviously we're all human, but ideally a doctor should understand that when you're really, really concerned and should either explain to you why 
you know, try and reassure you or, you know, or, or refer you on to someone. It's not like the specialist doctor never sees anything that's not horrible. Sometimes they're, sometimes they're in the position of reassuring people, too, and that's mm-hmm. fine. If you need to see a specialist, then... They're, they're there for you. 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. We still have some time for questions for Dr. Zach. Debbie and St. Agatha, you're on the air with Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Go ahead. Hi, Dr. Zach. Uh, thanks Hi. for taking my call. Yeah. Um, so um, I've had, uh, I'm on propranolol. Yeah. And to me, it's my miracle drug because I had uh, migraines most of my life. Yeah. And then I happened to have a couple of heart attacks in 2007. Okay. And around the same time, they, I also, so they put me, after the heart attacks, they put me on propranolol yeah. um, to um, regulate my blood pressure and uh, my heart rate. And I also was... Um, Subsequently, found out I have hypothyroid as well, so I put on a lot of weight because of that. Yeah. So um, I love the propranolol um, because I my life has changed, not having all of these migraines that I used to have. Yeah. Um, because I understand it's also used as a migraine preventative. Right. Um, in addition to um, blood pressure regulation. But um, since I've been on it, I've noticed I sometimes at night or when I'm laying down, I've, I I actually wake myself up because I hear this purring, like a, a cat is mm. purring, and it turns out it's me. <laughs> oh, this this purring sort of going on in my my lungs. Oh, and um, so I I did mention it to my doctor, and she said, well, maybe we should switch you off the propranolol onto something else. But I'm so hesitant to to do that because I don't want to go back to having, you know, my life ruined with all these stupid migraines. Okay, Debbie, let's let uh, Dr. Zach answer your question then. Thanks. Well, it's a, it's, a very, uh, it's a very good question. And like you said, the propranolol is, is used for blood pressure. It's also used for migraines. And uh, I mean, the real question, there's two real questions here. Number one is, is the propranolol the cause of this purring sound? Um, because, and then if it is, you have to, what, what you and your doctor have to determine is, is it is it a problem? Is this a problematic sound, or is it just you know is it just something that's benign? And 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 the other thing is is it bothering you much? Because if it's not and the and the medication is working well, then then I would say stay on it. But if and then the other thing is 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 something else going on? You know, is there another cause for this? Something that could be uh, that could be fixed aside from the propranolol, or is it a sleeping issue? I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like you're talking about snoring. I'm not sure exactly. Is it no. a, is it a breathing uh, issue, breathing, uh, Debbie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah eh? It just so, feels like there's a crackling going on in my lungs. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Well, it's you know I, I would um, if if it's something that you know continues to bother you, I would certainly reconsult with your doctor because it's I mean it's certainly not a typical like one of your typical propranolol side effects. Uh, if it is if it is uh, associated with it, then then okay, and that's the side effect from it. But just be sure of that. You and your doctor can be sure of that. And then you have to decide uh, the the risk, not the risk, the benefit versus the side effects. You know, if you're getting okay. mm-hmm. enough benefit from it and this is not bothering you that much, then that's fine. But if it really is, then there are other medications in that class that could be tried. In okay. Case. All right. Thanks for calling, Debbie. We've got a couple more here to get to. Um, Rose in Scarborough. Go ahead. Dr. Zach is on the line. Yes, good morning. Uh, Dr. Dr. Zach, I'm wondering if it's right for an uh, 
institution to release somebody who obviously has mental problems, mm. is it's right to, to release that person in the society because they think the person doesn't have is not a danger to himself? Or okay. Let's yeah. quick uh, we'll quickly get to that. We're ju- we're running out of time, Doctor Zach. Are you okay. comfortable I'll, answering that? Yeah, I'll try and be quick. So it's uh, it's a very uh, it's a deep and difficult question, Rose. I see it a lot yeah. as an emergency doctor, and uh, but you know the laws protecting people from being, uh, I guess, incarcerated or kept against their will are quite strong and for good reason. And and it may not be right, but we we doctors have to follow the law. And unless unless they they do not they're not able to um, distinguish you know right from wrong they're totally uh, uh, incompetent or they uh, they are a danger to themselves or others we don't have the right to keep them against their will so it's a it's a very it's a question we could have a whole show on and mm-hmm. I, and it's a tough one but uh, yeah that that those are the the rules as we have to abide by we'll put that on the list of topics to discuss in the future dr zach thank Absolutely. you Always great to talk to you. Uh, We have left some people on the line, uh, but the next time Dr. Zach's on, please call us again with your questions, medical-related questions. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.